plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier. And today, I would like to welcome our new co-host of the show. You can follow him on Twitter, at McCoolBTB. It's the one and only, my frenemy, Landon McCool. Landon, welcome <laughs> to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I, I'm, I'm glad to be uh, hopping on board. Uh, as uh, you know, Look, they, they had to assign me to make sure you got edited just slightly with some <laughs> of the hot takes that you're spitting out there. Yeah, thanks, so, David. So you had, had to have a... a a counterbalance to your to your fire takes that you're spitting all the time. You're, you're burning up the airways, Marcus. Yeah, I need someone to kind of counteract me and cool me down when I get a little <laughs> hot-headed. But I think we're going to work out well together. So let's go ahead and let's jump right into it. Let's talk about our uh, observations from the Cowboys' win over the Colts in their third preseason game. Tomorrow we're going to talk about the defense, but today – because I, 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 we need to, to let this Jalen Smith game digest and stuff. I need to, I need to think about my thoughts. You need, on, you need, yeah, that's that's yeah, kind of what I'm saying. I, I need to, I need to just give me a minute to think about it. But yeah. today we're going to talk about the offense. Let's go ahead and start out with Dak Prescott. What were your initial thoughts watching Prescott? How do you think he looked? I, I mean, I, I mean, obviously he looked pretty sharp. Um, I mean. Every throw he made was pretty much on the money. I think really the only one I think he probably really would like back uh, was a completion that that uh, out route to Witten where he was able to turn it up field. I think he got it a little bit behind him. If, I think you know if beggars are going to be choosers, that he probably wanted to put that ball a little bit more in front of him. But look, I mean, just to kind of put it in the larger context too, I I think he has looked so much better this off season than uh, most of us kind of anticipated even really. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think he's looked fantastic. And, and uh, I think the area that you're really starting to see it more. And I think you started to see a little bit uh, with at least one or two of those passes versus that game was, was where he, when he's throwing the ball in the middle of the field, and I think he's just, you know, really taking it upon himself to kind of uh, improve that part of his game, his ability to step up into the pocket and deliver the ball in the middle of the field. So, yeah, I thought he looked fantastic. I think he's kind of just continuing um, his, uh, you know, his his drum beat from from training camp, and, and and I thought that that situation, the whole, you know, both both drives, he looked really sharp and and looked like he was in full command of what he was doing. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned the Jason Witten throw because that's the one I highlighted on my uh, Bleacher Report article for Mondays. Uh, that was the only pass that I thought was a little off target, but other than that, I mean, basically flawless. Uh, you mentioned yeah. you mentioned just the overall command of the offense, and that's kind of my takeaway: is this is a guy that has supreme confidence not only in himself but in the rest of the offense. It, it just looked too easy for the Cowboys' offense, and I don't know. And I mentioned this on Twitter, but I don't know how much of that was them executing very well, or the Colts just being one of the worst defenses in the entire league. We'll get, we'll get a little bit better of a uh, idea of how they are progressing next week when they play the Raiders. But as for Prescott, I thought he was fantastic. But let's talk about Kellen Moore. 
Joey's hmm. guy, our friend Joey. He's the only one standing up for Calamore today. Uh, 10 of 21. Well, for, to be fair to Joey, he, he's not completely standing up for no, he, he is, he, just he is. He, he, I, no, I think I think he's just standing up for the the Cowboys front office's you know thought process. Not that it's valid. He's just standing by what the process is. But I uh, I digress. You go ahead. All right. So tell us about Kellen. We'll get into this. <laughs> so ten of twenty one for one hundred thirty one yards. He had the fumble, um, he, that led to the touchdown. In his last fourteen drives as the Cowboys quarterback throughout the preseason, they've scored just six points. You can tell when he comes in at quarterback, it's like the offense is just deflated. Um, should we be concerned about Kellen Moore as the number two quarterback? Is it a big deal, or if Prescott goes down, does it not matter anyways? I am kind of of the general belief that – I mean, I, I think that uh, – look, I, I think a lot of our feelings about the second quarterback on this team is because we have not kind of converted our thinking to uh, the, the new era of having a young quarterback. I, I, I think that, you know, listen, quarterback – QB2 is important, but I don't know that it's nearly as important – as far as like having to have like you know the ultimate guy as it was you know with Romo I just feel like you know we we have a little bit we have a big strong young quarterback he's more than likely going to finish the you know most of these games and more than likely going to play 16 games uh, you know unless there's a disastrous type of situation we have a good offensive line he's probably not going to get hit a ton and, and I mean he you know he's going to run the ball which I think uh you know will add some hits here and there, but I also think that he's going to be able to dictate when he's sliding better because of the nature of how he's going to be running the ball. And, and long story short, I, I tend to think that, you know, QB two is important, you know, in a general sense, I think it's less important when you have a young, big, you know, strong quarterback, but, uh, but to kind of go to the, the, the point here, I think that it's to the, it's to the, it's to the level that if, we're going to take a chance on a guy like Kellen Moore. Why wouldn't we take a chance on a guy like Cooper rush? Mm -hmm. And, and I think we'll, we'll discuss that in a second, but overall, if you ask me if I have uh, worries about QB two, yes. If, if QB two is getting into the game, I have concerns because what happened to Dak and, you know, blah, 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 blah. I don't think it's quite to the point of, it doesn't matter who the QB two is, but I think, the per who the person is, if they're going to have to play more than you know finishing a game, then it's it's probably not a great situation, anyways. And especially if we're talking about a situation where Zeke may be out for the first however long. So I, I tend to think that in our particular formula, whether it's Kellen Moore or Cooper Rush, I, I you know I don't know if, if Cooper Rush can do the job as well as Kellen Moore, which I don't know that yet as far as being a backup quarterback. I think that. I think that he should be given the job because it's really it, it's I think it's such a risk to put Kellen Moore in there in the first place. It's it's probably on the same on par with putting in an undrafted free agent rookie. Uh, but at the same time, I think we still need to see him play against an NFL offense or, you know, whatever. Right. So I'm not as concerned about Kellen Moore because <laughs> my belief is if Dak goes down, they're in trouble anyways. So I, it's not going to matter whether it's Cooper Rush or Kellen Moore or Luke McCown. They're going to be in trouble anyway. So I understand that. But Kellen don't you think, think it matters, like, how he goes down to? Like, I, I agree with you. Like, if it's long term, it's it's 
we're pro- it's we're screwed probably. Right. I I agree with that. But like, I still feel like the guy's got to be able to. If let's say you know, because like if let's say Dak gets a concussion, like the dude's still got to be able to come in on a moment's notice, run the offense, help, you know, hopefully keep our offense's head above water, and then l- allow for Dak to come in. Like he's got to at least be able to do that job, right? Don't you think? Yeah, I, and obviously a lot of the backup quarterback's job is to be able to know the offense so that when the, the when the starter comes out, you don't have to limit your playbook. And I understand all that. Um, there's a really good quote from Tom Moore, Peyton Manning's old former quarterback coach. I can't say it on the podcast. Go check it out. Yeah, I know that, the one. That, that's my thoughts on uh, if Dak Prescott goes down. Let's go ahead and move on to Cooper Rush. Um, what were your overall thoughts? It's all part of the same conversation. Yeah, anyways. it really is. Um, your overall thoughts, again, we're going to mention Joey again. He kind of thought they made a mistake by playing Cooper Rush. I don't agree with that at all. But I'll, go, I'll let you go ahead and go first. What do you think about his performance against the Colts? I mean, I think at this point, um, look, when we when he came in, my my thought process for Cooper Rush is I think his ceiling was to be – I mean, if everything goes perfect for this guy, I think he could be a backup quarterback uh, this year. That's his ceiling because I don't think he could ever be more than a backup quarterback. Maybe I'm wrong, but so far what I see – but, I mean, the fact that we're talking about undrafted free agent at that level is pretty impressive because I also think that's his floor. (laughs) So, like, I I think he is – I thought even coming in, to me, he looked like a ready-made, like, guy who could probably with some good snaps, with a good amount of snaps, which he's starting to get – I, I thought that he could have come in and walked in and been a, a backup quarterback in the league. Just because if you look at his resume, he started a ton of games in college, just like Kellen Moore. He had some success. I mean, not quite obviously at the level Kellen Moore did, but at the same time, what you trade in his success, I would say, at Kellen Moore's level, is that he has a lot more physical tools, a uh, quarterback you know, physical tools, than Kellen Moore does. He, he's a more stout, bigger guy. He's got a, a much prettier ball, a much much prettier release. Um, you know, he does little things like getting his shoulder square to make sure the ball gets delivered when he's when he's moving left and right. I mean, he does he does things that um, are the the kind of unteachable things that you, you you need to see a quarterback do, like the the minimum requirements that you, you to make you say, oh, that's someone that I could teach because I could teach him the rest of the stuff, he, but I can't teach him to keep calm in the face of pressure, you know, like those sort of things. So I think Cooper Rush to this point has played himself into a position now that depending on how things go in the Oakland game and even, even more important how they, how they go in the Houston game, that if he continues kind of on this path of, well, which, which is, you know, currently basically perfection. (laughs) I mean, if he continues on that path, despite increasing in better, better uh, quality of of opponent, I think, I think he has to be in the discussion for, you know, making, being in a competition at least. Absolutely. And I, I think it's a lock that he makes a 53 man roster, right? At least at this point. Okay. Um, At this point for sure. Unless, unless he just, it just really like unravels for him in a way that it could, it certainly could, and we've seen happen before with players at other positions. I, I really think he's making the team. So there was a, a two-play sequence I want to touch on really quickly from the Colts game, and it actually was his first two throws of the game. For most quarterbacks, they read the, the field kind of like in a yes-no type of progression. Is this guy open? No. Okay, let's go to the next one. Is he open? No. For Cooper Rush, I actually saw something different. He had... 
back-to-back plays, they ran a little rollout with the tight end coming in the flat and then a receiver going a little bit deeper. Both times the tight end was wide open. Instead of taking the easy check down, Rush, he threw some incredible balls near the sideline. One to mm-hmm. our guy, Alphabet Soup. I'm never going to be able to pronounce his name. Uh, Yanakwe, I think. In Wachu. Yeah, you. You're close enough to me. But the fact yeah. that he is not afraid to take chances is what makes him different than Kellen Moore. Because I can guarantee you they run those two plays for Kellen Moore, those balls are going to the tight end or the fullback. I love that Cooper Rush has a little bit of a gunslinger mentality, even though he doesn't have that arm strength. Um, he's no. clearly progressing every game. I, I've got a stats pulled up right here. First game against the Cardinals, 9 of 18, 87 yards, one touchdown. Against the Rams, 9 of 11, 104 yards, one touchdown. Against the Colts, 8 of 9, 92 yards, two touchdowns. Passer rating of 125 through all three games. I was not a believer that they were going to keep three quarterbacks on the 53-man roster heading into training camp. But like we kind of talked about earlier, I think it's a lock that he's on this team because he is just so much better than I think anybody could have anticipated. Yeah, and the positional value. I mean, that's really – I mean, that's kind of – if you've got a guy who's even – slightly worse than he is at that position you can't i mean you kind of feel like you have to hold on to him right especially with the way the way the league is right now there's just such a such a demand that there's value there you got to hold on to those quarterbacks that show even this kind of promise you know i i definitely think he could play his way into being the backup i think it's risky but i also think again like i mean this whole situation is risky so I wouldn't. I think the most risky situation is trying to sneak this guy you know, to your practice squad. I, I just don't think this is a quarterback is going to happen. I, I think this is a valuable commodity, whether it's now or later. Uh, but I think it's it, it's to the point where I disagree with Joey. I think that they had to see a couple more snaps to see what they really get, got, and I think that they continue to need to see more. Uh, but I think at this point, you know, you've made it. You just lean into it. You you've got a guy that's worth keeping. I think so. There's probably going to have to find a way to keep him on the fifty three. Absolutely. Let's pause to tell you about our friends at Cessny. Buying and selling a home can be stressful. That is until you meet the Cessny Premier Realty Group. The professional and experienced real estate agents of the Cessny Premier Realty Group provide service that is second to none. Focused on building personal relationships with their clients, Cessny Premier Realty Group realtors seek to understand their clients' needs and wants to ensure those needs and wants are met every time and will strive to provide a hassle-free buying and selling experience as they assist their clients with all their real estate needs. No matter the situation, they're here to help. If you or someone you know is buying, selling, or relocating, if you are struggling with the possibility of a short sale or foreclosure, the Cessna Premier Realty Group knows that you deserve the best and will make sure that you get the best. If you currently need or think you will need real estate, uh, any any kind of help in the future, contact the Cessna Premier Realty Group directly at 469 469- Six seven two six nine eight seven. That's four six nine six seven two six nine eight seven. You can also visit their website at www.yourdfwhomesolution.com. All right, let's go ahead and talk about some of the receivers. I don't have a lot of thoughts on the receivers, but uh, I thought Noah Brown played well. He had one stupid penalty on special teams that you just can't do in today's game. But does look fine. Do you have any thoughts real quick on the receivers? Not really. Uh, Bryce Butler continues to show out and, and should, he's cl- clearly improved a lot, but a, a lot of more of the same. No one's really jumping out. I, I don't know that Brown's doing enough to, you know, 
make the, the case for the sixth receiver, but he's still got a couple more weeks to continue. All right. I forgot about running backs. <laughs> we have to talk about the running backs because that's all anybody wants to talk about in Dallas right now is the running backs. So if you had to, if you had to pick a running back, if the Cowboys came to you and said, Landon, you get to pick our week one starter at running back, who are you choosing? Well, I mean, I the caveat is how long is is how long am I getting Zeke for? Because I mean, I would probably if it was a short situation, I would probably just pick Rod Smith because I think he's got some upside there. He clearly can do a lot of different things, and I think even if, when Zeke comes back, I think I can find snaps. I can find ways to get Rod Smith the ball. Um, uh, as a receiver out of the backfield or as an H-back, I just feel like I can do a lot of things with him. Otherwise, if it's a long-term situation, I, I mean, I'm an Alfred Morris guy. I feel like if you go back and watch the Indianapolis game, game it almost like the scripts of the two players got flipped, right? You saw, you know, you saw Morris picking up blitzes multiple times. You see him catching balls of the backfield, and you see uh, McFadden screwing up a, a blitz pickup, and then uh, you know actually running the ball quite a lot better. But I, I am more of a Morris guy. I understand why they like McFadden more, but I, I think for me, it, it's all about who's running the ball better. And to me, that's uh, that's Morris at least with the zone blocking system. Right, and I'm a Rod Smith guy, so I would be fine leaving Rod Smith in to be your pass protector, third down back. I think that sets up well for them in the uh, the opener against the Giants. Um, I'm not an Alfred Morris fan. I just don't think he's got the speed to scare defenses. And so when you're playing against a fast defense like the Giants, I don't see them putting seven, eight guys in the box because they know they can stop him with you know just a front six. So. Uh, I, I think McFadden, while he, he clearly is not a great fit in the wide zone and he doesn't have the quickness anymore, I think that overall speed is a little intimidating to defenses. We'll we'll see how it plays out. Uh, I think you'll have a pretty good idea as to who the starter is going to be depending on who comes off the bench in the next game against the Raiders uh, after Zeke is on the field. My guess is they're still going to go with McFadden because he started every game, but I think they're open to being flexible at that spot. Real quick, we only got a couple of minutes left. Let's talk about the offensive line. Do you have any overall takes from the offensive line uh, between Lyle, Tyron Smith, Cooper, Chaz, any of those guys? Uh, yeah, I thought that Lyle um, looked a little bit better. I mean, still uh, probably not where we need to be for week one, but I think he's definitely um, timing his punch a lot better, which I think is, has been his issue. Um, I, I think, you know, he's got sh- a little bit shorter arms. So the, the problem is, is at times he gets a little bit anxious and wants to get physical in pass protection and, and loses patience. And I think he's being a little bit more patient this, uh, now, which is helping with, uh, you know, him not bending over and being more of a waist bender. I think it's really kind of helped because he's got great feet. He's an incredible athlete. He just needs to trust that. And then let these guys get closer to him before firing because he can't reach them like Tyron can. Tyron can reach them from long, long distances. Uh, Cooper, I thought was um, <clears throat> that was definitely the best I've seen of Cooper in that game as uh, as far as even in practices or any of the other games. Um, I feel like at, he's at least gotten to a point now where I'm not concerned whether it's Green or if it's Cooper that ends up with that job. Um, it looks like they're still kind of working with with Green there. I mean, they definitely got Green some uh, time to tackle. 
Um, and I, you know, look, I, I thought Green played really well. And I, I know some people are going to talk about the penalties, but you know, one of them was a holding, a questionable holding call, and then the other one was a, a chop block that, you know, honestly, like weak. with stuff in the preseason. Well, it, it, here's the other thing: in the preseason, it's tough. Like you, 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 you're trying to learn, especially in the wide zone. There's so much synchronicity that needs to happen between passing a, 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 a defensive tackle between a guard and a tackle when they're when they're doing that. And you're talking about two guys that you know are both in Cooper and who is inside of him, and Green that are playing all kinds of different positions every single day. So like the synchronicity between those two in those particular positions, you know that's the kind of thing that you know they usually take. 50 reps a, a week, you know, to get right. And, you know, these guys just aren't going to have a nuance in a preseason game, probably have only take, you know, X amount of, of snaps next to each other before. So I, I don't, I don't read into that as much. I thought Chaz Green looked good and physically was playing well and moving people and getting in front of people and pass and pass protection was, was solid. So I thought actually all three had good games as they should against the competition they were going against. Um, but that's all you can ask them to do, and, and they they played well against the guys that they they, they were presented. So uh, that's all you can ask from them. So you know, we just wait another week to see where they are from there, and maybe we'll see someone grab that brass ring at that left guard position. The other thing with Green is he played three spots in that game. He he hasn't practiced very yeah. much in the last couple of weeks, and they had him. No, they had him first come off he, at he left tackle. Yeah, they they had him play left tackle on the second drive of the game. Yeah, then they slid him over to right tackle, and then they moved him to left guard in the second half. So. I'm shocked that he played as well as he did, considering all the different spots that they forced him to play. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big Green fan. I know a lot of people don't like Green, and and you know and you know the injury prone thing is is certainly true to a certain degree. But I, even this last injury, to me, I feel like it it was muscle soreness. Like I really feel like they were taking a lot of this stuff really really carefully, and that Green probably could have come in and played at any time if there was. So I, I'm I'm a believe I'm a believer in Green because when he's in there he's good and that's and that's what I want like he's right. a talented guy when he's on the field and I think you saw it when he was able to just step in as left tackle for two games and no one really noticed you know I mean they noticed in the run game but I'm saying like as far as the game the world didn't end without Tyron Smith for two games and I think that is a noticeable improvement from other times that we've had backup tackle so I'm a big fan I think I'd like to see them you know someone grab that that job a little bit more securely but I think no matter what happens between Green Cooper and you know potentially I I also like 73 so uh, I I'm, I think that between the three of them Looney if Valencia Looney if once he gets healthy I think they someone could do that job right so I'll give you a little quick insight to just some of the feelings in the building on the left guard so it's clear and to them that Chaz Green is the more talented player they actually believe he could be the better left guard but he hasn't he hasn't prove that he can be healthy long enough and they believe that Cooper is a little bit more reliable and that's kind of why they're easing Chaz Green and even on Monday they had Chaz and Collins or Chaz and Cooper excuse me rotating snaps in practice so uh, who knows what they're going to do my guess is it's probably going to be Cooper and then if Chaz can prove that he can stay healthy they may make a switch halfway in the season but I thought both of them played well I, I agree with Lyle Collins I thought he played extremely well Tyron Smith just manhandled whatever absolutely terrible defense ends the Colts played, but overall the offensive line and pretty kinda, good. Kind of, 
kind of killed that narrative of of the concern with his like back. I think there was like yeah. a whole thing about him missing practice. He's fine, guys. Yeah. He's gonna be fine. They're they're going to be cautious with him because there's no reason not. They're to gonna be cautious with all these guys. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, all these guys they're gonna be cautious with. It's, right. it's you know, I again, and I said this before. On, we talked about this. I think people are getting uneasy and like and, and anxious because they they think that the time's running out and, and to a certain degree it is kind of but at the same time we started a week early so so we we you know i, I think everyone's kind of natural clock of how, how fast people's development and acceleration and, and and jobs should be settled is kind of just naturally accelerated by that so i yeah we got time we got enough you know time to figure this out and and sort it out and then once they sort it out they'll have plenty of time to work together to get ready for one Right, that's it for today's show. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Hit us up with a five-star review. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LockedOnCowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBTV. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. Tomorrow we're talking about the defense. We'll see you right back here. Thanks for tuning in. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.